0: Good
1: morning. Good morning. good morning!
0: good morning! Good morning! Good morning! You mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Please go away, let me speak for the love of God!
2: Welcome to the show. Uh, there's a sound to pierce your brain like a nice pick to the head. Some cool music there from uh, Psycho Two, not Psycho One. That's from Psycho Two. <laughs> um, good way to start a thing. Melzy's back at the desk, hey Melzy. Hello. It's been a freaking long time. It's been
1: a bloody minute. <laughs> well over,
2: well over a month since you've been
1: here. I think it's over two months. Ooh, I know. Yeah. I know. Will we even like each other anymore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: She put it out there. Um, why, why are you both looking at me? <laughs> ben and I fight that battle every week. <laughs> Will we like each other this week? <laughs> How are you, Ben? You're here too. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I was you know, not feeling as good as I was feeling uh, two minutes ago, but, uh, you know, yeah.
2: Hey, but at least with Mel's back on the desk, it means we can bust open that fireball. The whiskey's flowing. The apple the, juices is uh, warming up
1: by yeah. the second. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: very chilly right now. Very chilly. Well, I guess everybody knows who we are. Good Movie Monday. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. We are the podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. Uh, this week's show is not quite Hitchcock. That's to say we're discussing Hitchcockian movies or movies that owe a debt of gratitude to Hitchcock. And this is all because of you, Malzie. Oh, Do you care to explain yourself?
1: Well, so uh, (laughs) I come from the Melbourne Horror Film Society and this month I am screening Psycho 2 for our our September screening and I just showed Road Games for our August screening. Which is a Hitchcockian film? Which absolutely, it's one of the most Hitchcockian of Hitchcockian films.
2: Yes, and <laughs> I, I also happen. we'll talk about Psycho 2 in a little bit, but I, I, I happen to think it's one of the greatest sequels yeah, of time. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. What yeah. else is happening at the Melbourne Horror Film Society?
1: Well, we just had two great August screenings. Um, so we do our monthly Tuesday night, last Tuesday night of every month uh, screening at Longplay. So, as I said, I showed road games, which went down an absolute treat. Everybody, I think there's only one person that had seen it before and people just everyone loved it. So people are seizing the
2: opportunity to yeah. see moves for the first time at your screenings. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it sometimes baffles me that there are people that haven't seen these yeah. things and you just forget you live in a little bubble yep. and there are people outside of it that are oblivious to a lot of things. And yep. I love that.
1: Yeah, but yeah, everyone really appreciated it, which was really good. Um, and then we have our monthly... Screening at True North in Coburg, uh, which we just curate for them, and so that's on a Saturday night, party vibes and um, fireball and <laughs> beer and skulls. Actually, is the drink of choice on that night. Right, and um, and so we have our September screening coming up for that one is going to be the Blob,
2: oh the my God.
1: 80s version of it.
2: That is one of the great remakes. One that was, I think, really misunderstood for like at least ten to fifteen years and it found its audience a long time after
1: the fact. Yeah, I must say I'm hoping that I'm not going to be at that screening. (laughs) 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 It's AFL Grand Final Night. (laughs) And I'm a massive Collingwood fan. So I think I'll be there, but I'm hoping that I won't be.
3: Don't take offence, but I hope you're at the screen.
1: I'm I'm more than likely going to be there.
2: I was going to say, the second she mentioned football, we lost half the audience. The second she mentioned Collingwood, we lost the rest. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
2: So, true. so, I mean, everybody um, should definitely um, follow you guys. Like, even if people don't attend your screenings, like, you do lots of watch parties as well. So yeah, you know. we'll do
1: online watch parties, um, which we're going to have one coming up in October, the first Tuesday of October, because in October we do <laughs> weekly screenings. So, um, every Tuesday night in October we'll have the first one as online, and then we have in-person screenings at Longplay for the other three weeks, oh, cool. and then plus the Saturday night screening, and so, yeah, you know unsurprisingly, the Melbourne Horror Film Society is all about Halloween. Yeah, (laughs)
2: totally. I'm looking forward to Halloween this year. So if
1: anyone's doing like their 31 days of horror or 31 days of Halloween, it's, you know, we knock over quite a few of those days for you.
2: I mean, as if it's not hard enough to Google. um, What's the (laughs) website?
1: It is melbournehorrorfilmsociety.org. And we're on all the main, all the major socials. Not the TikTok says yet, but you know <laughs> you might it, have get to on get, in, get in, get in, get about that. Glenn. I don't want to make <laughs> you feel left out here, Ben. Let's talk
2: about some things going on in the Monster Fest world because you have some goodness coming up. You got the Jeepers Creepers reborn that you guys are kind of promoting. Oh yeah, and that's screening on September twenty second <laughs> or twenty fourth, three nights only. I'm going to get along to that. I think I have to. Yeah, and
3: <laughs> get in it, Ben. <laughs> Do it. Come along, the Jeepers Creepers. It's the first. It's the first. Non-Victor DeSalva Jeepers Creepers movie. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Mm. Uh, Monster Fest is also creeping up. <coughs> so mm-hmm. people need to follow you guys on social media just to,
3: to keep informed with what's what's happening with that. But yeah, I think uh, there's some big announcements coming out very, very soon for Monster Fest. Bam. 2022. There you go. So you, you sit on this desk every week and we don't plug your stuff enough. Yeah, It's just because I'm useless at it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have no idea. I just don't know. He not. waits for someone else to do it. <laughs> Yeah. I was
1: actually creeping on the Monster Fest pages the other day to see to see if there was any any info, any yeah. Yeah, about you dates and things like that. I was, I was doing some lurking, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in all my spare time so, that I. But I was just you know, getting my head around life, and I'm like, oh, when's Monster Fest this so year? I'd say that
3: means you've been on the Monster Fest website more than I have <laughs> in the last twelve months. He's a great salesman. <laughs> just uh, I. Like literally, my only involvement in the website this year has been, I got a note from WordPress saying that updated the, updated the website. So I emailed out and said, is the website still working? Because <laughs> they've just updated the WordPress and uh, who knows what's happened on the back end now. Oh, a little, uh, little treat behind the curtain there for people. Mm. <laughs> Fascinating. Fourth
1: (laughs) wall broken.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you ever seen what a broken link can do to a website? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Speaking of websites, we have one, goodmoviemonday.com. People should go there and and follow what we do if they are. That that gives you access to all of the uh, links to social media, whether it's TikTok, uh, Instagram. Facebook, YouTube, all of that kind of stuff. Plus, there's links to all of the contributors, including you, Melzi. Ugh. People want to find horror That's films, awesome. so they don't even need your website; they just need ours. <laughs> 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 but we do videos every week uh, on the uh, on the socials. And last week, Ben and I reviewed Beast, which um, was uh, the new Idris Elba lion movie. But this week, tomorrow night, in fact, we're going to review Orphan First Kill, um, which you know, was a cheeky little mm-hmm. treat. Anyway, let's get cracking. So, coming up on the show, we've got the Boneheads with the, with the weekly uh, Not Quite Hitchcock take. Uh, the fireball's kicking in there, yeah. by the way, folks. <laughs> Same. <laughs> let, me, let me rewind. <laughs> so, the Boneheads will be discussing Not Quite Hitchcock films. <laughs> and right now, Jarrett from Monster Fest with his weekly peer class and update on everything that's coming out this week on physical media. Mm.
4: Hey, this is Jarrett, and welcome to PE Class. Now, I'm going to start this week's segment with some news, and it's fresh off the press. Via Vision are releasing Saw the Ultimate Collection on November 9th. Now this is comprised of 13 discs which include Saw, Jigsaw and Spiral all on 4K Ultra HD along with all the other instalments in the franchise on Blu-ray. It also features an exclusive replica reverse bear trap plus a bonus disc that's packed with hours of special features including behind the scenes featurettes, cast and crew interviews and much much more. This is pretty exciting coming out November 9th and it is an Australian exclusive from ViVision. Then moving on to this week's releases, first up we've got Madman. They're releasing Donnie Darko on 4K Ultra HD. Now this is comprised of three discs, two 4K Ultra HDs and one DVD. Yeah, DVD. Why? Madman's 4K Ultra HD release of Donnie Darko is well overdue and about 18 months too late given that Arrow Video released their 4K UHD edition early last year in the US and the UK and it blows this one out of the water in terms of additional content. That said, if you don't import, it's good to have a localised, albeit inferior version available. Then moving on to Umbrella Entertainment. So where madmen fail, Umbrella Entertainment succeed with not only some global Blu-ray debuts, but definitive releases of titles that may have had a Blu-ray release prior but haven't had a Blu-ray release quite like this. First up is Martyrs. It's arriving on Blu-ray as part of Umbrella's Beyond Genres line. And aside from a newly illustrated slipcover, it's loaded with special feature content. That includes a brand new audio commentary with film historian Dr. Lindsay Hallam, a BFI panel, interview featurettes, a making of, trailer, and much more. Also out from Umbrella is a dangerous summer. It's joining the Ausploitation Classics line. And it's a thriller with international stars Tom Skerritt and James Mason acting down under. Then Peter Bogdanovich's 1985 classic mask with Eric Stoltz, Schur and god was it Sam Elliott? I think it was Sam Elliott that was Schur's husband in it. Anyway that one's coming out on Blu-ray and it's got both the director's cut and theatrical cut as well as an interview with Bogdanovich to boot. Then the last release I'll mention that's coming out from Umbrella this week is Beyond the Wasteland. The Mad Max cosplay doco, it's landing on DVD finally and it's loaded with deleted scenes. And I'm not joking, there's like 20 plus deleted scenes on this bad boy. Then the final distributor that I'll mention that's putting out a title this week is ViaVision. They're releasing the documentary I Am Hitchcock on DVD. It's a documentary, of course, on the master filmmaker himself. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. So until next time, stay physical.
2: Can't believe there's an Alfred Hitchcock documentary coming out this week. You know, that was not planned. Like we're doing this show, and, and that happened. So what are the odds? Fortuitous. Ooh. Very.
1: Let's go kind of straight
2: in my basket. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> good stuff there from Jarrett. I know he listens to the show, so a bit of a shout out. Appreciate what you do, mate. And um, yeah, like I said at the start of the show, follow his stuff on Monster Fest social media pages. Let's talk about Hitchcockian films, u two. This is a concept that's. Open for interpretation, I think. I um, know yep. Ben certainly took issue with it when we first suggested it.
3: I don't really know what I know. I know one. I know Hitchcock hated the term. Yeah, and two, I'm like, what does it really mean? Like, any thriller can be kind of, you know, they used to market just about anything uh, as a Hitchcockian thriller because mm. there's a because there's a MacGuffin. Like a thriller without a MacGuffin is not a thriller. So you know, yeah. like unless it has the director making a cameo, I don't know what the term really means. I
2: think it's because he was the first to do so many of these things that he practically owns the concept. Like, I mean, yeah. the Oxford Dictionary even has Hitchcockian in it, um, defined. Well, and as, even
1: if he wasn't the first, he's just so prolific. Mastered it. Yeah, yeah, and he made so many. So films the
2: the and... Oxford Dictionary's definition is resembling or characteristic. Of, st- of the style of the English filmmaker, Sir Alfred Hitchcock, especially through the use of tension and suspense. But then if you Google Wiki and all that, then they have all different criteria for There's all it. different ones,
3: but some of them are so random. They're like, you know, it, it has this, and then the next point will contradict that. And, I know. And it has to And you're like, mm. okay, so because re- you look at his body of work, it's not like they follow the same No, but I guess there's st- every a lot of there's a the lot of structure. repeated
2: tropes like yeah. the um the falsely accused, you know, <coughs> the innocent yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. His use that. of,
3: That's so generic though.
2: But it, yeah, but it is now, but he kind of
1: But I guess if you take that. if you take one element on its own, yeah. it's not going to stand out, but it's when you put a, you know, a number of them in a film, then yeah. it's like, oh, hang and on, his we're use of
2: a... lighting, cameras, all that kind of yeah. stuff. I think you know, like you know, people now say that Brian De Palma is like you know, just ripping off Hitchcock. Well, that's because he's he's tapping into those things that were repetitive in yeah. Hitchcock's films. But whatever, I, I'm I'm happy for you guys to go with the flow and just you know, interpret as you will. Uh, I think some good examples of Hitchcockian would be Identity. Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. That was a really good one. Misery, even Stephen King film. I think that's. Definitely Hitchcockian. The gift was good. Did you watch that? The mm. one with um, was it many years Candy ago? Um, yes, yeah. yes. No, the, the newer gift.
1: <laughs> Some might that's argue a... that
2: uh, that Sam Raimi one was a little bit. That uh, is
3: responsible for my one and only TikTok <laughs> comment from someone. That's right. So I know what that guy's talking about. <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's all I need. That kept me going for a year on this show. <laughs> Is, many, many times I decided, like... I decided to walk away and I'm like, no, there's one guy out there <laughs> who shares my love of Katie Holmes' boobs.
1: <laughs> I can't let so, him down. Uh, can't I can't let, let him down.
3: I'm, <laughs> in. I'm in.
2: I think, um, would you say arachnophobia is Hitchcockian? I kind of think it is a little bit. It's more along the bird's lines. I think, you know, it takes Yuck. a lot.
3: Don't ask me these questions. Okay. Obviously, <laughs> by by earlier comments, I don't really know what it means. Okay. So, is it? Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: No? If you say? You say no, I'll say absolutely okay. Absolutely not. Yeah. You say yes, I'll go
3: okay. Well, I have a funny
2: feeling that Mel's first recommendation is going to be very Hitchcockian.
1: Very. Actually, both of mine are very Hitchcockian. So, I mean... Psycho (laughs) 2, as we were talking about before. It doesn't get much more heterogeneous. It really doesn't. (laughs) Um, So Psycho 2, I I mean, I I guess it kind of goes without saying that I love the original so much, like absolutely one of my favourite films. And so I didn't actually watch Psycho 2 for a long time, even though when scouring the shelves of the, (laughs) you know, the video store, I would see the cover all the time. It's bloody got an awesome cover. But I was just like, oh, no, this can't be any good. Like this, (laughs) this just can't be. Anyway, but that was before I knew much about anything. And now knowing that it was written by Tom Holland, directed by Richard Franklin, and had Dean Cundey as cinematographer, I guess it's less of a surprise. It's fucking awesome. certainly, like (laughs) I said
2: at the start, I think it's one of the best number twos ever. Yeah. But can you imagine... And you are the king of number twos. <laughs> he is, he is. <laughs> it's somewhere on my wall here. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine being like an adult at the time of that release, knowing that Psycho 2 is being made? Like, you just, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Like, there's no way this is going to be good. Yes. And so you probably wouldn't have gone to the cinemas yeah. to see it. And yep. yet, lo and behold, it's like, it it's, is, it's a masterful it's
1: film. So good. Yeah. So Psycho 2 takes place 22 years after the original. Norman Bates is released from the mental institution and goes back to living in his old house and the Bates Motel. He starts working at the local diner, which is where he meets Mary Samuels, who he strikes up a friendship with and offers her a place to stay when she is bussed up with her boyfriend. So other people in the town are less happy about his return, but he seems to be adjusting okay until he starts getting letters and phone calls from mother. And of course, he rightly or wrongly starts questioning his sanity and starts spiralling mentally. Unlike the original, Psycho 2 is way more focused on Norman as a character. We already know his backstory and that he murdered people, but you still manage to feel sympathetic towards him and really root for him. And, of course, Anthony Perkins is amazing once again and is a huge part Mm -hmm. of that. It's really effective with creating suspense and you don't know which way it's going to go. And even when you do think you know, you still don't. It has one of the best, fucking best twist endings Mm -hmm. ever. Like, So good.
2: The, le- the least said about that, the better. Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, the acting is pretty impeccable. Uh, Vera Miles returns as Lala Loomis. Uh, Robert Lozier plays the doctor who's in Norman's Corner. Dennis Franz plays the sleazy guy. Oh, he doesn't know anything else, <laughs> does he? <laughs> Currently running the Bates Motel. And Meg Tilly is Norman's new friend, Mary. know, it's very different to the original, but has heaps of nods to it.
2: Or t- particularly like the opening, like it's a yeah. real flashback throwback to yeah. the original just to let you know we're back in that universe, trust us. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. And a lot of
2: people didn't know that Richard Franklin was like a protege of yes. Hitchcock. He worked under Hitchcock yes. on, I think, two films, maybe Torn Curtain
0: and Yeah,
1: and one. he actually, so he went to the University of Southern California. He's an Australian, went to the yeah. University of Southern California, which is actually where directed I did Directed games. Yeah, directed road games. Yep. And I did, I worked in the archives at USC for my like work placement doing my master's and um and he actually got Hitchcock to come and talk to the class and he said that he didn't think that the lecturers there at USC were very happy about that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like and apparently when he met Hitchcock's daughter Pat that she was like like when he was you know down the track in his career she was like no I know exactly who you are I used to lick the stamps (laughs) for the Alfred Hitchcock Um, fan club and you (laughs) sent the most letters so he's a like massive fucking fanboy from childhood and then ends up yeah
2: like oh not only working sort of you know with him or knowing him as a mate but to to make the sequel to his you know most iconic film yeah astonishing to me yeah but uh, dennis franz like does he know anything that's not sleazy (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm going to talk about him again later. <laughs> okay.
2: Is he still alive? That's the question I have. And and if he is, why are we not yeah, seeing him so. in more I things? So. Like, I think the last thing I saw him in was bloody... Was it fucking City of Angels? <laughs>
3: like, yeah, right. Dennis I mean, Franz
2: is a fallen angel. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious.
3: Which is, yeah. No, I mean, NYPD Blue was kind yeah, of was the, see, yeah. uh, yep. the big thing that... But yeah, like I mean, he stuck to that show. Like, they... They replaced the, the, you know, David Caruso, <laughs> Jimmy Smits, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh Ricky Schroeder, yeah. the kid, Mark Paul Gosler, all his part. Like, he must have lost more partners than any cop in <laughs> any...
2: He's like, gum on a sidewalk, mate. No yeah. <laughs> scraping Dennis Franz off the franchise. Yeah.
3: And I love how his character evolved in that show, because at the start, he's like the drunk... Yeah. Disgrace who's only Plenty They only keep him around because David Caruso Is kind of in his corner <laughs> Yeah, And then as it goes on he's like the moral compass of the show <laughs> <you're> like, <laughs> yeah.
2: fucked Don't forget Die Hard 2 He was fantastic in that
3: He's great Yeah, Him and Paul Costanzo as <laughs> as brothers I
2: kind, of, I kind of feel like his character In Psycho 2 is like you know The same character from Die Hard just
3: washed up <laughs> yeah. was the, same, that's the same character from From Wow, I always get it wrong. Blow up, blow yeah. out. Whereas, like the the kind of
0: you know, Nancy Allen, yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: kind of thing. Oh, well, anyway. That's so good. Whilst yeah. you're
2: talking, you may as well keep going, mate. What's your well, recommendation? Well, funnily enough,
3: look, I knew I knew that uh, we were going to be talking about Psycho Two. Although this last week. week
2: you did say you said flippantly on the show that
3: I'm just going to talk about a Hitchcock films. Yeah,
1: I did hear. That. I was going to message you about that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're Hitchcockian. Well, funnily enough, look, I I it's been a long time since I've seen Psycho 2 so I thought I'll give this a I'll give it a refresher and when I say a long time like I haven't seen it since since well, I, in my teens yeah. mm. um, and so I, I put it on I've got it on my like home media server mm-hmm. and I popped it on and I'm watching the film and I'm like wait a second this is a bit different I don't remember any of this Aww. and as it turns out you thought Psycho 3 I was Psycho watching Psycho, Psycho 3 <laughs> oh you Psycho my- 3 and I was like, around. I was like, hang on a second, because he's in the cafe and stuff.
2: That is a good movie in and of itself, <laughs>
3: but it's batshit it, crazy. It, it crazy. is, it is the most amazing of the psycho films, in my opinion. Yeah, psycho on acid. It is the sleaziest, yeah. neon-filled <laughs> '80s mess of a movie, oh. and
1: directed by Anthony Perkins,
3: and directed by yeah. Anthony Perkins with Osgood Perkins yep. uh, playing <laughs> young uh, young uh, Norman. Uh, Norman. Uh. But. Uh, Like everything about it is is Yes. Like amazing. Jeff (laughs) Fay gives the performance of a lifetime in this film. Like that scene where he brings the girl from the bar home to his (laughs) To his uh, hotel, hotel room. room. Which and is like neon lit. Yeah. yeah. He's got these, yeah, he's somehow, like the hotel just has blue neon uh, <laughs> lamps that he's sitting there naked, like twirling them around while she <laughs> pretends to make out with the naked girls on, on the posters on the wall. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> and then he, he kicks her out afterwards. It's just so, oh, it's yeah. amazing. And I remember so that good. like
2: the VHS in the video store that was an R-rated movie. Yeah, like and it was like it, hardcore. Yeah.
3: It is definitely deserving of its its yeah. R rated. So this is basically so after the revelations of Psycho two, Norman is is still running the the hotel and living uh, in his home. And I think Jeff Fay and a nun who has recently
2: yeah. mm-hmm. like
3: killed her mother superior or something <laughs> uh, during a failed suicide attempt that was like, yeah. so random <laughs> leaves the nunnery, wanders and wanders the desert because you know once you leave the nunnery the nuns aren't there to help you like. Nope you know, say what you will about, you know, the religion of forgiveness. Yeah. They really are a bit... That's right. Help? Harsh <laughs> with their own. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and she gets picked up by, by Jeff Faye, who then sleazes on her and then dumps her on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And yet they both manage to end up at the Bates Motel. Uh, Jeff Faye gets a job as the kind of handyman who does the day <laughs> shift. And she's a, a, just a guest who kind of catches the eye of, uh, of Norman and becomes the kind of love interest. <laughs> Little do they know And you watch At the beginning of the film He's like poisoning He's poisoning the bird seed And killing all these little birds So he can (laughs) Taxi Taxi To (laughs) stuff them And then you find out later on Of course there's All all this other stuff Kind of happens And he does It has a great ending Where like You know The whole thing is Like Norman is now free But then You know Maybe not free (laughs) Yeah it's just, oh, and it's got so some good.
2: really, really strong Hitchcockian moments. Like it's like Anthony Perkins, I think, tapped into the sensibilities of Hitchcock, like with the ice machine. That, my favorite part yeah. is that ice that machine. Ice machine is with so the yes, of, like, that ooh, is exactly ooh, what ooh. Hitchcock would have done. Oh,
1: and and the biggest thing about Hitchcock is giving the answer, like giving the. Answer to the audience and then making you sweat on yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, you're
3: in on the. You're in on it yeah. from the beginning. But the character is unsuspecting. It that's, yeah. that's the suspense. <laughs> it's it's yeah. very you know punch and Judy. Like yeah. he's behind you. He's behind. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah, instead yeah. of I mean, yeah. there you yeah. go. Ben yeah. just
2: answered the age old question: What's Hitchcockian? Yeah, punch and <laughs> Punch and Judy.
3: That's what it is. Panto.
2: So that was your recommendation? That was my recommendation. Love it. Fantastic.
1: That's so good. I hope, I
3: hope so. Jeez, I talked a long time for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the thinking. segue.
1: I was like a, a third of the way through it. I was going to make the joke of just like that, thinking, yeah. it, and then it got a bit further into it. And I'm like, oh shit, no, I think this might Is actually it? be the recommendation.
3: <laughs> that was. It. I was going to talk about like my train to Munich or, you know, something else. And then I thought, I, I could, because I'd watched it by mistake and I yeah. planned. And so today I was like, oh look, I'll just, take it a bit easier at work and watch Psycho 2 <laughs> and just, you know, pretend I didn't watch Psycho 3 by mistake. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it did, I just got too busy. I'm like, well, I guess I'm talking about Psycho 3. <laughs>
1: nah, love it. Love it.
2: Hey, everyone. Yes, I'm just, uh, just stepping in for a moment with one of those, let's say, convenient interruptions. And you know what I'm going to talk about, the Newsly app. I hope you've got it by now. It is the super app that you can download to your phone and it delivers the news from around the world to you and reads it back to you in a very natural human voice. Uh, whatever your liking is, whether it's news, current affairs, music, film, I don't know, horticulture, whatever your bag is, it finds the most trending articles on the net from over I mean, 80 countries from around the world and it will read them back to you. That's really, really handy for when you're driving to work or if you're on a bus or something and you just haven't got time to read. Newsly is the app to get. Here's the kicker. We've partnered with them. So if you want an entire month of their free premium service, all you got to do is use our code Monday, M-N-D-A-Y. That's Monday without the O. And yes, the app is free, but you can get an extra upgrade for a month using the Monday code. Get it now. Why not?
0: strawberries cherries and an angel's kiss in spring my summer wine is really made from
2: That's a, a song called Summer Wine by Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood. It's from the movie Stoker, which is that nice little uh, Hitchcockian inspired thriller with Nicole Kidman and Matthew Good.
3: It's oh, another one I wanted to watch before the show uh, so we could talk about it. And I failed. <laughs> that one was written
2: by Wentworth Miller from Prison Break.
3: Oh, right. Yeah.
2: Who'd have thunk it? Not this guy.
1: <laughs> Did you watch Psycho 4 instead? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, uh, Jared and I recorded a a Hitchcockian, uh, Mm. or a Psycho podcast about, what, four or five years ago. And so if you want to actually do a deep dive into all four of the Psycho films, that's a way to do it. And we even talk about the Bates Motel tally movie. Remember that? Which was the the failed pilot.
1: Which I watched that. Okay, so I've got a similar story. So I'd had a massive, (laughs) massive, massive weekend at Meredith Music Festival, local festival here, which is the Mm. best time of the year every year. And so... After coming home from that, it was like, Yep, perfect time to put on a Psycho movie. I'd never seen Psycho Four before and but heard a lot about it. Yep. Anyway, we get a fair way into it. I'm just like, this is this doesn't seem like Yeah, we we're watching the Bates Motel. <laughs> 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 which, like, it was an absolute one head like, trip <laughs> Maybe
2: forty minutes worth is to do with the Bates Motel, and then the second forty minutes is just like a completely oh, new really because we
1: I didn't get further than yeah that because it yeah. was the it
2: was a pilot episode for a TV show uh, which was going to be an anthology, so each story was going to uh, be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just to, like to Just
3: guests at the hotel. It would then lead on to their own. Yeah, but
2: but with, even not even like um with horror Mrs. Bates stories. Bates kind of
3: running Just, around <laughs> No, there's no Mrs Bates <laughs> doing cameos Bert,
2: is it Bud Court.
3: Bud Court, yeah. yeah. right. And he
2: um, took over the hotel, but he's a nice guy. He's not Yeah. he met Norman in the asylum and then Norman gave him the inheritance to the hotel. Mm, and that's then, right. but he's a nice guy, he's not like a psycho. And I remember the very end of this, um, because it's a a gateway to an an anthology series, at the end he looks at the camera and talks straight to the audience going like, well, I hope you enjoyed your stay
1: farewell now. See you next time. <laughs> it's like, Norman would never. No. I, it was very confusing, yeah, <laughs> confusing yeah. for my scattered brain <laughs> at that yeah. point in time. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: But hey, look, so there is a podcast out there. Uh, if you just scroll through all of our episodes, eventually you'll get to it. Um, worth a worth a cheeky listen. Uh, some more examples of Hitchcockian, uh, cause I know Ben loves doing this part, just you know, randomly throwing out titles. The, but, they, we don't, you don't
3: uh, sh- k- 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 uh, key us in on, so we don't really know what's coming. Yeah. And then we talk about them and you go, oh, I was going to mention that later. I didn't know. (laughs) I like to throw these out there in case
2: (coughs) a conversation ensues. Um, Do you remember Diabolique? That movie with Sharon Stone.
1: Oh yeah.
3: That, which is the remake of the French one.
2: Yes, which I've never seen the French one, which I will assume is infinitely better. But (laughs) there was something about that Sharon Stone one that really struck a chord with me. Just I think sounded very foreign, Diabolique, and it was very dark and and sinister. No, I don't remember that one. It's never I had a... I don't Chaz think. Chaz
3: Palamintari, Isabella Jones. Yeah, I don't
2: think it's had like a DVD release in Australia. I think it only ever had the VHS. Oh, I
0: don't
3: know. I've got the I've got the original Blu-ray that I think Criterion put it out. Maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll have to. Uh, but uh, not the remake, which which I think I was having this conversation with Jarrett. Yep. And he was saying that it's incredibly. Like the remake. The remake.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. Like, I
3: it has a very bad reputation. Um, Woody Allen made too. I he think did, it was like the end of, kind of the end of Chaz Palamintieri too. Like he was kind of riding a little high. <laughs> then he did, did that, it. and then all of a sudden, no more Chaz Palamintieri. <laughs> uh, Woody Allen did Match Point. That was very I like, yeah, I, like you know. I like
2: Cassandra's it. Dream was great with um, Ewan McGregor and is it Colin Farrell. <coughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Anyway, let's, um, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> the conversation did not stick. <laughs> I said I liked Matchpoint. <laughs> we talked about it. I'm gonna just jump straight into my recommendation. So I went with Shallow Grave. That was the first movie that came to my mind when I was thinking Hitchcockian. And this was Danny Boyle's debut feature from 1994. Once again, starring Ewan McGregor. It also had Christopher Eccleston and Kerry Fox. And they were pretty much all unknown actors at the time this movie came out, except for I remember. Carrie Fox was probably the biggest of the three.
3: Yeah, because I knew who she
2: was because you know mm. she's the New Zealand actress that had done a few things down here. But I guess in terms of a global audience, she was pretty
3: new to them. had not she already done that enchant that one with Megan? Was it Megan Ward? What's the the girl from Young Sherlock Holmes? And it's like set in a village where uh, and Carrie Fox is like the like the experienced lesbian. And yeah. and the girl from Young Sherlock Holmes is kind of like a newly married. She's just moved there with her husband, and then Carrie Fox sleazes on her, and she basically she <doing>. basically kind <laughs> <What> of comes <laughs> out, and it's this, it's like a scandal in a small town or something like that's called. <laughs> mm, but then in real that. life, yep. she was like, well, she came out as as gay, yeah, and left her husband, and. She kind of like attributes it to kind of okay. the awakening to, by oh Carrie God, Fox. Well, at the at the time, like I um the I
2: did cr- have a theories. thing for Carrie Fox. Like I really like. Mm. I mean, not not I had known her from Angel at My Table. That's not where I had the crush on her from. <laughs> if you've seen that film, no, you, you that, uh, What's
3: that? What's uh, that one with Mark? Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. The one where she um.
2: Oh, Mark Rylance. Yeah, uh, Mark Rylance, um, yeah. Intimacy? No, that was the Aussie one. It was um, Radiance or something like that.
3: Yeah, I, I think I think you're closer with Intimacy. I think that's what it was. No,
2: there, there's an Aussie one. There is an Aussie Paul one called, Cox but... called Intimacy. But anyway, yeah, no, though, but... she sucks his dick, I think. And you see it. Like, yeah. Mm. And um, I know Mark Rylance has been, because he's now a big thing. He's a Spielberg actor, you know. But um, he's been asked a few times about, you know, talking about that. And he's like, no, I don't, don't really. <laughs> I don't mm. want to bring that up. <laughs> he's like,
3: Are you kidding me? Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yet Helen Mirren is happy to talk about Caligula, so you know, go yeah. figure. anyway, back to uh, <laughs> what we talking about? Shallow yet? Grave. <laughs> like what a dark and twisted movie this one is. It's um, Danny Boyle's debut, as I said. It's about three roommates in Edinburgh who take on a fourth tenant, and then he um, they wake up one morning and he's dead and he's left a whole lot of cash beside him, and so then comes the conundrum what do we do? And they decide they're gonna. Yeah. Dispose of the body and keep the cash, but then just descends into a madness, a spiral of greed, and all that kind of stuff. And Christopher Eccleston of the three turns into the real madman, and which yeah. is the juxtaposition because at the beginning of the film he was the real like um you know, nerdy kind of you know well-to-do mm. guy, you know, played it by the rules all the way, and he turns into the real psychopath. He he puts uh-huh. himself in the in the attic and he won't come down. He's got all the money and he's sort of you know cradled over it. It's such a really really awesome. cool movie. Uh, what else to say about this one? The, the, the support cast is awesome. You had Peter Mullen. These are some um, staple British um, and Scottish faces. Gary Lewis, Ken Scott, uh, Keith Allen played Hugo, the guy that died. So, yeah, it's a you know, good calibre of, of talent there. But here's some interesting trivia, which I don't know if you knew, Ben. Shallow Grave, according to Danny Boyle, takes place in the same universe as Trainspotting.
3: Mm. That doesn't surprise me. Well, I didn't know. It, it surprises
2: but. me a little. And his his reason is that Keith Allen's character apparently is the same character in both films. Right. But then I would argue Ewan McGregor plays different characters yeah. in both yeah. films. So how does that work out? Yeah. I guess, you know, just look alike, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. <laughs> it, it also came like the nineties when this movie came out was that era. I think there were so many um body dismemberment movies coming out. Like there's a lot of black comedies, like you're Fargo's one, obviously. Mm. Eight heads in a duffel bag. I love you to death. And Ben, Death in Brunswick was another. There's so many movies about like we've got a
3: corpse. What do we do with it? Mm. I um, I always thought it was more like what's that Humphrey Bogart one? I don't Treasure of the Sierra Madre or High Sierra. One of the Badgers? We don't need no stinking badges. The one where the the three criminals end up with the treasure, but they they don't trust each other and they slowly go insane. I think that's one. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: Mm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I love those paranoia kind of movies, but yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so Shallow Grave is one of the best. Like, it's a it's a fantastic Scottish film. I, I think it's probably top three Danny Boyle movies for me. Like, if not top two.
3: Yeah, right. So I watched it because I, th- I think the first one I saw was Train Spotting, mm. and so then I went back and watched. Uh, and I don't know if I Train Spotting would be my number one. Yeah, I don't know if I appreciated. it. Like, I was like, that's yeah, interesting, but yeah. you know, it didn't have that kind of. Kinetic energy of Train spotting. Sure.
2: So here's a funny story. Like Danny Boyle's dad thinks that Shallow Grave is the best film he's ever done. And yeah. so every movie he's made since, he screens for his dad, and his dad's response is always, well, it's. It's good. It's, it's no, no shallow, gray. shallow grave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but He's a... like, I mm, we'll to <laughs> <head, head> down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> <down there.
1: laughs> I'll try better next time. <laughs> but that's,
3: the, that's the thing. I think Danny Boyle's films are kind of rife for rediscovery. Because like, I, I remember thinking like Life Less Ordinary was really bad when I watched it on New I think I borrowed it on video. I didn't see it at the cinema. And then I was talking about it with Jarrett. And I was like, well, oh, got to watch this again. <laughs> I put it on again. I'm like, this movie is
2: fucking awesome. It certainly is. And I talked about my top three. One of those would also be <coughs> Millions, which is one of his most mm, sort of underrated movies. Yeah, kids, it's about yeah. a kid that finds a bag with, I think, about 20 grand in it or something. And he wants to give it away to charity. He wants to do good with this money. And he has, like, the archangel kind of, you know talking in his head and he's got this whole dilemma of what do I do with the money my mum and dad don't want to keep it but you know and James Nesbitt plays the dad and it's a wonderful kids movie about morals Mm. and um, yeah no one remembers that forget him Get you yeah, nowhere. That's right. <laughs> that's the moral of that story.
3: Waste <laughs> of time. If
2: he had to look beyond the bag of money, he found there would be a corpse right yeah. there. we <laughs> <It's
3: laughs> sequel to Shallow Grave, don't you know? We derive our moral code from the Christian Church, and we all know <laughs> what monsters those bastards
0: are. Well,
2: so there's my uh, my secret recommendation, Millions by Danny Boyle. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual successor to shallow grave. The shallow grave. Ben, you're up. What's your next recommendation?
3: Uh, well, funnily enough, because uh, I think I think. I think we just announced it, but I'm going to talk about 1984's *Cloak and Dagger*, aka *Kitty Hitchcock*, or yeah, yeah, people call it uh, *Kitty Hitchcock*. With uh, directed by Richard Franklin, Richard Franklin, uh, podcast favorite (laughs) Richard Franklin, (laughs) uh, starring Dabney Coleman. Uh, who apparently they did not get along. Uh, Doesn't he play two characters? He plays. He plays. Well, he's he's basically playing the same character, but it's like a. But it's yeah, because it the star of the show is, is Henry Thomas, and he is obsessed with this character Jack Flack, who is yes. like a. He's actually like the character in a in an Atari, and I thought it was Atari Twenty Six Hundred, but it's another <laughs> it's another game system. Is it me, or does he look like Hunter from that uh, TV show on the ABC? Yeah, no, <laughs> except with the beret, but otherwise, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and, great show that and, but his dad's always too busy for him. Like, I think he's a single dad, so yeah. he doesn't have, um, there's no mum in the picture, and his dad's always too busy. So, basically, this Jack Flack is everything that Henry Thomas wants his dad to be. So, yeah. that and it's like he's so he, he's basically an imaginary friend that kind of gets him into trouble more often than yep. helps him out of it. But he he stumbles upon a copy of the cloak and dagger game, which is basically the MacGuffin of the film because yeah. the whole thing is there's something on the game but then yeah. it's not then that, it's then, not yeah, relevant it's not yeah. really relevant mm. but uh, he ends up being chased by um, you know these shadowy spies who are after like a you know the secret that he doesn't know that he has <laughs> and uh, you know William, Rags, not William Ragsdale what's his name William Forsyth William Forsyth yep. is his like you know that's
2: the nerdy computer the tech nerdy guy computer yeah. tech, who
3: runs the And geez, I had, it was like such a kick in the balls of nostalgia. Like he, he works in like the game shop. Mm. And I remember as a kid when I had the, I had uh, an Amiga 500 and I used to go to Chatty and they had this, there's a shop called Mighty Mouse, which was like the computer game shop. And all the games are like a hundred bucks. So I never could afford any of them. But I just remember going in there and And looking at them. Yeah. yeah, With this kind of feeling of longing. And I'm looking at this, at this (laughs) movie when they, and there's only a couple of scenes kind of taking place in the actual shop part. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I just wish, just wish I could go back. I wish I could go back there.
2: Oh, and for people that know William Forsythe from maybe the Rob Zombie films or whatever, he's like a, this is
3: not the William Forsythe you know. Like no, this, this is not the Steven Seagal villain. Or no, was uh, he flat top in uh, the Dick Tracy movie? <laughs>
2: yeah. Or what's he
3: um the Dead
2: Bang? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he's the he's, well, he's the... closer to Dead Bang. Than anything else with this character because he was nerdy in that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, I, I think his best character is uh, the substitute, as the psycho in the substitute. Um, but no, he's in, and he's in, isn't he? He's Al Capone in the kind of untouchable the yeah. reboot of the Untouchables TV series. And he was which in, used to play late at night on Channel Seven. I think 7. he's in like Uva
2: Ball's version of Raging Bull. Yeah, right. <laughs> is it that, Amazing, or maybe, yeah. maybe no? Maybe it's the sequel to Raging Bull, and Uva Ball did another one that was. Yeah, anyway, it wouldn't surprise me. He's a
3: perfect kind of you know yeah. Ray Lamotta type. Yes, there we go. Um, so uh, got some good conversation yeah. out of that. Gotta love that guy. So and you know, Umbrella happened to be releasing Cloak what and Dagger
2: and they had done soon. they had done the DVD previously, which I I have. So I'm really excited about the Blu-ray. And the Blu-ray has
3: a bunch of extra stuff. Yeah, amazing. Different, completely different to the vinegar syndrome stuff too. Cool. Yeah, so a, exclusive. If that floats your boat, and it has a <laughs> 3D, an old school like. Red and red and blue glasses, amazing. 3D cover. Wow. Oh, cool. I
1: feel like I'm in PE. Clubs. And a poster. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like it's the movie that it. I would imagine. You mentioned Drop Dead Fred. If Steven Spielberg were to be given Drop Dead Fred, this is what he turned it into. Yeah, yeah. There'd be more crime fighting,
3: <laughs> yeah. less snot.
5: Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. We're talking Fringies. about Hitchcock films that weren't made by Hitchcock. Now, I bet some of those directors would get pissed. I can think of one of them that probably hears this a lot, and I don't know if it irritates him or not, because I've never got to interview him. Maybe Glenn has. But my Hitchcock film that I'm going to talk about that isn't made by Hitchcock, that the director, Robert Zemeckis, repeatedly said, It's the movie where he just, every time they framed something, everything that did something, they were thinking Hitchcock. It's the movie that he made during Castaway. Because Castaway was a film that Tom Hanks had to lose, what was it, 40 or 60 pounds? And they actually had to do a movie in between to make those options viable. And this is a thriller starring Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, What Lies Beneath, 2000's What Lies Beneath. It's not a great movie. I feel like not a lot of people talk about it, but it's definitely a Hitchcock film and has some wonderful shots. It's got a little bit of a supernatural element to it that Hitchcock films, I don't really think ever did as I can recall, but it is an enjoyable movie and spoiler alert, they made Harrison Ford the bad guy. Okay, so this one's a little on the nose,
6: but I have to do it. Uh, I got to talk about Danny DeVito's Throw Mama from the Train.
0: <laughs> Criss-cross. That's, that's,
6: not, that's not a doll related to Hitchcock. Why would you say that? Crisscross. cross So, yeah, this is kind of a cheat. I was going to go one way, uh, but I decided, you know, yes, technically, Throw Mama from the Train is inspired by the Hitchcock film Strangers on a Train.
5: Crisscross, cross Chad, you kill my wife. And and I will buy you a present. That's what they talked about, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, close to it. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't listen to this, Christy. Keep going. Yeah, no. Um, so
6: it it's it, it's I honestly prefer the Danny DeVito version over Strangers on a train. I might be one of the I, I'm sorry, I do. I, it was it, it's well they're I two totally different movies. They're two completely different films. movies. You they're have, have totally a legit thriller films. and then you have a dark comedy um but yeah it's all about a man two men who had uh, one's a one's a student one's a teacher and uh they basically uh the, the 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 student comes and says hey if you kill my mom i will kill your ex-wife and hilarity ensues in the darkest way possible so
5: <laughs> sorry it's just
6: hilarity ensues sous.
5: building um, crystal
6: nothing uh, Funniest scene of a, of a fr- frying pan getting hit upside somebody's head I've ever seen in my life. You lied to me. Man. <laughs> yep. yep. James, go. <laughs> I'm going to just, and most people know this film, so I don't have to give much of a description of it, but I'm going to go with the film that has been called, and it was made when Hitchcock was very much still alive. It was called The Best Hitchcock Movie That Hitchcock Never Made, starring Cary Grant and that other Hepburn, Charade. Or Charade, if you want to get fancy about it. But if you've never seen Charade, it's got a lot of what now, what's going on. It is very Hitchcockian. There's murder involved. There may be people that aren't what they seem to be, or maybe they are, dot, dot, dot. If you've never seen Charade, go watch it. In the United States, it's in the public domain because of an error, but the music's not.
5: So be careful which copy you buy. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Fun size.
2: Oh, there we go. Uh, all very worthy choices, I think. Joe talked about the production there of um What Lies Beneath. Years ago, I heard that that was one of the films considered to be a Tales from a Crypt movie. So there you go. Which another one on top of that was from Dustal Dawn that was considered for Tales from mm-hmm. the Crypt. Yep. And what was the and The Frighteners was definitely a, a Tales a the Crypt movie that they are you can
3: see it cool. in all of those films. Yeah,
2: and that's the one that they um they really I think Zemeckis stepped in and goes, "No, this is too good yeah. for Tarzan the Crypt."
3: Anyway, which I mean, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> well, Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood are both excellent.
2: I completely agree, but you know, Bordello of Blood tanked so hard that they were just yeah. scared to make another one, and then they ended up doing Ritual. Well, I mean, like,
3: I mean, <laughs> you know, I love Dennis Miller, but leading man, I don't know.
2: Yeah, you know, like you- news
3: update's funny, but.
2: Look, my claim to that one is I've got to go on the set of Bordello Blood. of that car park scene in front of the Bordello because that's when I was living Did over you there.
3: you uh, no, Ever- no boobs. No <laughs> boobs. Angie Everhart? Did no. You, or Erica Eleniak? No. My voice has been a little funny. <laughs> <laughs> because
2: you were talking about Erica Eleniak?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Childhood crush, Shawnee from Baywatch?
2: <laughs> oh, let's not forget the cake scene from Under Siege.
3: Oh, my God. The cake scene and the scene from Chasers. <laughs> oh. <sighs> I'm just going to... you got to take your pick. Is I'm it Kenny gonna... Holmes or is it Erica? Like, <laughs> I need to excuse myself for the rest of the <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, well, you do that. Melzi, what's your uh, next recommendation? What have you What have you conjured up for All us? All right.
1: So I said earlier that I'll be talking about Dennis Franz again. And actually, there's a couple of names that I'm going to mention for the second time. So we've got Dennis Franz in this movie. And, of course, you can't talk about Hitchcockian movies without talking about Brian De Palma. Yes. So I could have gone with... Any number of movies directed by Brian De Palma. But for this one, I've gone with erotic thriller Body Double from
0: 1984. This
1: was actually the first film that I screened for the Melbourne Horror Film Society. We, It was fucking packed. And actually, none of the guys that I run it with, I don't think any of them had seen it before. What a treat. Yeah. And like we had to... Uh, you know, complete fire hazard. We had to squeeze so many people into the room, <laughs> and I screened it with um a student film by John Carpenter, uh, Captain Voyeur, and yeah, it was it was. Definitely a treat. <laughs> so it's a
3: bigger, venue. Uh, yeah, it's a, a bigger a, venue. Sometimes.
1: Sometimes not. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> and you can never fucking pick it. <laughs> Honestly, like,
3: to be honest with you, a lot of the reason I don't go to a lot of screenings mm. is because I feel like I'm taking the seat of... <laughs> yeah, you know, someone who comes every week. And I'm like I'm just squeezing some person no. out. And I'm yeah. sitting and like excuse. Oh, <laughs> they've take got they've two got up, up, a l- two seats. No. Yeah, They have got a lot of floor. Yeah. <clears throat> People use it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I sat on the floor. No, not going, you. No. no. no yeah. <laughs>
1: The people that come every month, they'll sit, yeah, on, the they'll sit on the floor. Yeah. they sit on your lap. They're young <laughs> and limber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it stars Craig Wasson, or Wasson, I don't know how you say it, uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street 3, as struggling actor and pretty big loser, Jake Scully, who loses his role as a vampire in a low-budget horror because he gets claustrophobic in the coffin on set. He then goes home to walk in on his wife, played by Barbara Crampton, mind you, Fucking some other guy and things kind of go from worse to worse. (laughs) Uh, Jake ends up being asked to house sit uh, in a super modern lavish house in the Hollywood Hills, which importantly features a telescope and a neighbour that performs an erotic dance at a specific time each night. Jake becomes obsessed with watching the routine and then starts seeing other goings on taking place, which leads him to getting himself involved and he gets deeper and deeper into the crazy goings on. It's like, it's kind of really hard to talk about yep. Body Double because it's pretty fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> so
0: fucking
1: good. <laughs> but, and, and it's technically... Brilliant. Yeah. Like, it is fucking brilliant. It heavily pays homage to Hitchcock's Rear Window, as well as Vertigo and many others. Uh, but it's more of a satirical take and definitely shouldn't be written off as a rip-off. Yes, you've got heavy themes of voyeurism, the classic Hollywood femme fatale, as we were saying earlier, like the wrong guy mm-hmm. being suspected. Uh, it's a thrilling mystery and you're trying to sol- like solve the mystery along with the main character, but it's all so over the top and tongue-in-cheek and you most definitely don't find a mid-movie Frankie Goes huh. to Hollywood Relax Music Video in any <laughs> Hitchcock movies. <laughs> That's true. Not that, to mention the graphic sets and
3: nudity. I was going to say, talk about the best sequence in the film is that Frankie goes to oh. Hollywood <laughs> music video slash porno.
1: It's fucking amazing. Thing. I actually blocked you from seeing my story last night because I, I oh, posted really? it because you know, I didn't want to give it away. Because I, um, <laughs> I knew you know what it was. And <laughs> I was just like, I'm, I'm going um, to do this story, but I'm going to block Ben Because <laughs> I, I didn't
2: want to give it away. Don't forget to unblocking because sometimes those things stick. Yes, I've had that before, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: but it is quiet s- lately <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is serious It's such a fucking good it's So thing
3: good yeah. Everything oh. like, You know, the dance that Deborah Shelton does Which is mimicking uh, uh, Melanie Griffith's dance And the whole Like all of the kind of Because it's full of like 80s porn stars Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, They're yeah. all in it And, and he uh, wanted to
1: He actually wanted it to have Have the Unsimulated yeah. Well, was it? Unsimulated the sex scenes, ex- like to be the first film to be known as that. Oh, to have that! Oh, in studio yeah. didn't wasn't on board he for missed, that part of it. He but but, um, that
3: Postman always rings twice already. Jeff yeah, was, yeah and, so that's, that's
2: no, what, well that's the movie
3: inserts with Richard Dreyfuss. Oh, and Jessica yeah, that's Harper. Right. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, Well, that's what, that's what I was thinking when I was reading it. But um, <clears> but
3: I used to watch that religiously when I was a kid. <laughs> I have it on Blu-ray, so I can pause the. I, I would say
1: maybe in. what he was meaning is that it was actually marketed as, as that,
2: whereas you can, yeah, that Hitchcock in there to market hard into yeah one
3: little transgressive uh, yeah. and, and transgressive stuff too yeah
1: yeah and well, I mean without giving too much away as we've said, like Jake infiltrates a porn set to get up and close. Uh, with adult star Holly Body, who is played perfectly by Melanie Griffith in her the, breakout, real breakout role.
3: I was going to say the weird thing is there actually it was a porn star called Holly Body.
1: But yeah, it right. Yeah. That looks
3: nothing like Melanie Griffith.
1: Yeah, right.
3: But she, because she based it kind of on. Oh yes, no, she did it,
1: it. She, she, um, she apparently it was because of Mal- Melanie Griffith. Character. Oh, that she yes. named herself yes. holy Body. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, like that's how she, well she... that it was looked upon.
2: I mean, I don't yeah. know of any porn stars named after Alfred Hitchcock movies. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. Let's, let's tick to Brian De Palma. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on.
1: Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, De Palma set out to make the most erotic and thrilling movie he could possibly make after having the battle with censorship boards over Scarface. And like it was obvious like it was a pushing back against the haters. So he was just like, Oh, you think this is a an R rating? Oh, I'll fucking give you an R rating and and he just like went full on with everything. Well I was
3: gonna say he kind of took out a lot of the violence mm. of Scarface yeah. and replaced it with sex. Yeah. He's like, well how about this one? Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's <laughs> like when you see the cla- when you go to the Australian classification board website and you see the, the categories, mm. yeah. it's like he's going, Well, okay, this one I'm gonna try swearing and yeah. see how far I can <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. This one's gonna be nudity, see how far I can go. This one's gonna be sex. Let's See what happens. Yeah, this one's going to be violence, and then there's themes which, even at the classification board, they're like, "Well, that's oh, that's what, does that that's even what we mean? mark. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't fit into the other ones, but we yeah, know, yeah, yeah, we yeah, know yeah, Kids shouldn't be watching it. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. but it's sorry. not overt. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not. A, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It feels <laughs> naughty.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> If
3: it's not. <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't know what it is, but I know it when I
2: see it. It yeah. always bothers me that De Palma has this, you know, Hitchcock ripoff mm. reputation because mm. he's made so many movies, and there's only maybe four or five that he's
3: really strongly, deliberately mm. tapped and into. And deliberately, yeah. exactly, yeah. The thing that really bothers me about De Palma, and I, I've said this before, but both in this and in in uh, Blowout. Yep. Blowout. Blowout, yeah, Blowout, yeah, the movies that within the movies. Are almost better than the movies themselves. Are you like, why aren't you making like the 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 slasher that he that John Travolta is working on at the beginning of? out and this porn. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why did yeah. these movies exist? I, I, I had, I
1: had this. So good. I really feel like yeah. I had this response to nope and the, yeah. and, the, and, the, and, the and the fucking the uh, monkey yep. thing in that. Yeah. I was like, well, I can't, be watching oh, that. Did and you anyway. read last
2: week? He announced <laughs> that he might be doing a sequel. Yeah, I did
1: see that. Please. Yeah, that, that's a nope. Right Yeah, there. nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope.
2: <laughs> unless it's a off and it's all about the. Uh, yeah, unless it's
1: all about the fucking monkey <laughs> bloody TV set. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Awesome. So that's it. That's, that's
1: it. Fantastic. That's
3: it. So my next one, I've gone for... Oh, but hang on. We didn't mention... You didn't talk about Greg Henry. How fucking oh, I awesome I I know. Henry? I know. Like, I always... I just... Incredible. Because like, I came to... I came to... I came to the, the, the... All the Brian Department movies relatively late. And so for me, he was just the guy from Payback. He was like, uh-huh. this guy's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then it would just see him pop up in anything. And then in this, you're like, holy yeah. fuck. Yeah. Like, this guy is a fucking He's brilliant actor. so good in this. Why isn't he in more stuff? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Glenn. And like, it's
1: such a main part no, as well. No, no, no. Yeah.
5: Do, do
2: you have like a, a favourite De Palma film?
3: Uh, that's a good question. I reckon it probably is. Bobby I was about Ball. to say, I really?
2: feel like
1: it's this because you I seem to get I, pretty, pretty
2: that'll like. That'll blow out. I want to sound cool by saying one of those, but I actually always, <laughs> always gravitate towards Carlito's way. I don't know why.
3: Because of Penelope Ann Miller's booby. <laughs> 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 I, I, I can watch it and go, well, it's, it's not his best movie, but it's the one I, I will easily whack it on does. and watch. In, in all Brian De Palma films, Carlito's Way has the best little sequ- sequence where uh, Al Pacino's like, uh, talking to, I can't remember the name of the actor, but he's... His uh, Sasso slash Ron, and there's like, you know, you'll get into trouble. They find you in the back of the trunk. They go, "What's that smell? That Sasso? No, that's Ron." <laughs> it's such a good little bit. But that whole part in the, the in the pool hall with his uh, yep. nephew or whatever it is, you know, pound for pound, one of the greatest sequences of film ever. I just, yeah, you know, I, I no, love like no, Sean it's Penn a, in it. Anyway, yeah, no, it is, Sean Penn is such a. Yeah. I I'm going to use, I rarely pull out the C word in the podcast. But he, it, uh, it's great. In and it has got such, a perm. He's got a perm. <laughs> he's got a perm, which is amazing. And it's such a satisfying conclusion to his storyline. Oh Indeed. So satisfying. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's move on to my recommendation. You can take
2: the original or the remake for this one as a recommendation because I think they're both really good. Um, in the Netherlands, the 1988 original is called Sporloose. Uh, and we knew it in America as The Vanishing. And um, director George Sluzak went to America a few years later and remade it, his own movie, which Hitchcock did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he remade it with Jeff Bridges, Kiefer Sutherland, Sandra Bullock and Nancy Travers. And these are both good films, I'll have to very say. Very young, very early in her career, Sandra Bullock, I yes, believe. Yes, she was mm-hmm. not a well-known actress at the time. But she's only really in it. Well, yes, yeah, so the, the story is husband and wife are travelling on like a tourist highway and they pull into a gas station and... Uh, the wife goes missing while the husband's inside the store. And then the movie is actually about the years that follow in his desperate search for her, putting up missing person posters and all that. But what's so cool about both these movies, because they are basically a scene-by-scene scene, you know, remake, the The story switches to the point of view of the serial killer or the, the, the abductor. Mm-hmm. And so you get this perspective from both sides of it and it's just fascinating. And it's probably easier to talk about the remake because... Everyone knows the actors and, and things like that. But Jeff Bridges, I don't think, has been better in a mm. movie than he is in this. It's not his best film by any means, but character-wise, as a sleazy abductor, amazing. He's an absolute psychopath. And I was when I was a teen, I was this was I saw it before the original and I was just glued to this because I liked movies like Silence of the Lambs. Kiss the Girls came a few years later. Mm. Like, I love that kind of stuff. And this movie is just, it's claustrophobic, it's tense, it's completely Hitchcockian. And I love the fact that the the director, when he remade it, he did it scene by scene by scene, except for the final act, which he completely changed in the remake. And I reckon that was just a Hitchcockian move to catch the viewers off guard. Mm. Those that had seen the original thought they knew where it was going, and he just completely turned it on its head, so... There you go. Two versions of The Vanishing. I'd, I recommend either nice. one. Um, you get something different from both.
4: Good Movie Monday is made possible with the support of people like Vulorium. Vulorium is a streaming platform for rare and obscure movies, and it's absolutely free. They also have a catalogue full of kids' flicks, classic movies, foreign cinema, and more. Visit Viewdorium.com today to see what it's all about.
2: If, uh, if you're enjoying the conversation that we're having, I uh, want to take a deep dive into Hitchcock's work himself. Good Movie Monday. We did a Hitchcock special a couple of years ago, back in, I think, the first season with myself and Keithy Boy.
3: I was going to say, am I on that one, Glenn? You are not. Then why would anyone want to listen to it? It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair point. <laughs> Maybe just for the Hitchcock. For the Hitchcock.
0: <laughs> no offense to there. Keith, I
3: actually quite like Ke- Keith's shows. <laughs> Keith I is great thought, on the mic. I always thought, yeah, Keith is much better than me at actually talking <laughs> about the films. I'm only good. At, I'm only really good at interrupting you.
2: You know what? <laughs> that is true. Um, Keith was great for the uh the, the one line bangers. No. Yeah. Stone Cold Classic was the, uh, the throwaway yeah. <laughs> throw line. <laughs> Stone Cold Classic. Mate, that's a Stone Cold Classic. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, so this is uh, it's a Melsey episode, which means we do some horror movie trivia. Wonderful. And um, I don't know if anyone can hear, but I've opened the window and the fucking train is really loud. <laughs> Enjoy the ambience.
0: People.
2: <laughs> so trivia time. Uh, we come to the show prepared with two trivia questions. Well, two of us come prepared with, of your questions don't we
3: and Ben flies by the seat of his pants
2: (laughs) I'm going to go first to get the ball rolling uh, see if you can get this one so I'm going to stick with the Hitchcockian kind of thing Mm -hmm. there were two Aussie films in the 80s that were specifically influenced by Rear Window Road Games was one of them what was the other one
1: (laughs) of my Road Games (laughs) Uh,
2: Um. I do have two hints but I'll uh, I'll let you have a, a second of guessing
3: Rear Window yes
2: and this this second this one, like we talked about road games being rear window on a highway, this mm-hmm. one is more closer to the actual rear window in its location.
0: Hmm.
2: And the first hint is that the director was fired during the production.
3: Frog dreaming.
2: <laughs> the working title was High Rise.
3: High rise came Across this the other day, and I was like, Oh, maybe
2: an umbrella title, yeah, from 1982. It's Crosstalk,
3: yeah. (laughs) I was never going to get that. I wasn't like, I make it. I hope that my, my yeah, didn't sound uh, (laughs) (laughs) in any way like I meant I knew that one, I just didn't know that one. (laughs) Well, never seen cross in
2: rear window where Jimmy Stewart looks through windows across a Mm -hmm. courtyard. In this one, he's looking through surveillance cameras, a bit like Sliver, a bit like Sliver. Right, Malsy, you want to do the next
1: one? All right. Uh, so Peter Lorre is in which early Hitchcock film? Is it Sabotage? Uh,
3: the Man Who Knew Too Much. He did know too much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: is that is well what, the one he remade. So yes, remade. I was I about
1: he's... saying that would have given away for you. So <laughs> yeah. if I was going to handball you and <laughs> I would have said, we brought this up earlier.
3: Is he in both? Is he actually in both, Peter Lorre? No, he no, so. may have been in... Uh, I didn't like the, the, the weird colour. Mm. version with uh, yeah. Jimmy it was a Jimmy Stewart and uh Doris Day yeah. it was, was a weird it just made me feel like am um, watching it. How's your it. Peter Lorre impersonation? No, I can't do it. No. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can only do it uh, on the spur of the moment. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. And that that wasn't spur of Has the moment. Has to come mm. naturally. Can't, yeah, can't uh, <laughs> don't force the, these the, yeah, things. Like, yeah. Well, you got about 5 minutes before we wrap up. So if you just want to bust that out in <laughs> yeah. point time, do it. Ben, what's your your next one? Or well, first one?
3: All right. Uh, we've talked about it today already. Uh, the film Psycho is based on a novel by whom? Robert, Robert Bloch. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 and
2: um, What's it St- called? This is, not, this is bonus. Joseph Snafo, Stenar- who wrote the original Psycho screenplay, wrote which sequel?
3: What was the book called, though? Ooh. Psycho. No. I think it is.
1: Uh, I don't remember. What is it?
3: The Shambles of Ed Gein. No. Really? Yeah. I don't believe it. I'm pretty sure because the most it... famous
2: novel is Psycho.
3: <laughs> uh, maybe it was retitled after the movie, but yeah, it mate. says it what? says here... Uh, the character of Norman Bates in Psycho was loosely based on two people. First was, the, oh, maybe that's just this. The first was a real-life murderer, Ed Gain, mm-hmm. about whom Block later wrote a fictionalised account, The Shambles of Ed Gain. But maybe that's not the uh, Maybe it's, thing. yeah,
1: that might have a been, separate he thing. He wrote that to start with, maybe. Right. yeah. So yes. I, I knew the Ed Gain connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
3: That's, I mean, it's in the Hitchcock movie that he buys the book Psycho. Yeah. But um, I don't trust that movie. I, I thought, shit. <laughs> the Hitchcock as in the Anthony, Al- the Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins one?
2: Yeah. It I... I was
3: just a bit too, so tell me, Hitch, what's this movie about? Look, I, oh, I thought that movie hell. was a
2: bit too on the nose in terms of vilifying him. Mm. Yeah, you know? Very it was very woke. Anyway. <laughs> uh, who are we up to now? Yeah. Me. Okay, so which 1997 Hitchcockian film was made from a repurposed location and planning of a film that the director had completed for an adaptation of Stephen King's Trucks. So that's very convoluted there. Wow. He had begun a movie, yep. used the locations and scouted them, mm-hmm. ready to shoot. That movie fell through. Mm-hmm. There was going to be mm-hmm. Trucks by mm-hmm. Stephen King. And it became another movie. What was the movie? Ben knows, so he can't answer this.
1: Oh, well, no. That's too much pressure on me. I don't know what the it is. Was... Did he also spent five minutes looking it up, may I just add. <laughs>
2: After I told him not to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've got no chance. It's breakdown. Um, Kurt Russell. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep.
2: Jonathan Mustel from uh, Terminator 3 and U571 with the director. Anyway, nice. there we go. I think uh,
1: see up. Yep. Uh, how many Hitchcock movies did Bernard, Herm- Bernard Hermann- Herman... Bernard Herman... Herman. Bernard Herman. Let's get the A. Would you care for like- another fireball whiskey? <laughs> <milk>? <laughs> I'm like, I can only pronounce... Names that should be said ockley. <laughs> Not that Ockley is a word, no, but
3: Bernie, like, well, I mean, Bernie I Herman,
0: Bernie
1: Herman, if... If
3: Bernie <laughs> Hermes.
2: If Hitchcockian made the dictionary, then that can
3: make yeah, it.
1: Bernie Herms score.
3: How many did that? Uh, yeah, did Hermsey score?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna say officially. I'm gonna say heaps.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. my Hoops, answer. Like... Heaps.
3: <laughs> you did heaps of them, mate.
1: Stacks.
3: Stacks. Tons. <laughs> <laughs> what about oodles
1: anyone want to take a guess
3: 10
2: I'm going to say
1: 12 Cl- Ben's closest 1 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's like... eight. No. <laughs> 8 so 7 Seven. from 1955 to 1964 including The Trouble with Harry The Man Who Knew Too Much Vertigo North by Northwest Psycho and Marnie there we go Marnie one of the most
2: underrated of Hitchcock mm-hmm. films I think Ben, what do you got?
3: Post body double. Deborah Shelton released a workout video (laughs) (laughs) focusing on what area of the body?
1: Has to be the buttocks.
3: You're both incorrect, I'm afraid. Deborah Shelton famously did the face workout DVD. Oh, is that that video? Which is just her like looking at the camera with dead eyes. I know, like, I know about yeah, that, yeah, but I didn't yeah, know that was yeah. her. Like raising her brows, like yeah, it's wow. so it's so weird, and you're like when you look you look into her eyes and you go, know, "This woman's has given up." <laughs> Ben's waiting for the, the meat flaps workout. Kegel, kegel, kegel muscle workout, please, Glenn. Pelvic floor, tuck center. <laughs> Uh,
4: I
2: get a kick out of that uh, segment every month even if no one else does so thanks for listening everyone that's the end of the show Um, thank you Malzy it's been awesome having you back I wish we could do it every week but alas we cannot alas uh, so follow Malzie and her team at the Melbourne Horror Film Society. Um, don't forget to go to our website, goodmoviemonday.com, and then you can click through ours to yours.
1: Let's, yeah. yeah let's do fair. That it's, fair. <laughs> it's fair. It's <laughs> fair.
2: And, of course, links to everyone else that does stuff on our show. Thanks to them as well. Notably Jarrett and Boneheads from uh, today's show. Uh, thank you to them and we'll be back on our uh, social media tomorrow night with our Orphan First Kill review looking Woo-hoo! forward to that one uh, you can catch also myself and Chloe on Up Late Wednesday night at 10.30 uh, then the three of us here at the desk are going to be back on Thursday night for a Lucky Dip video next week's show is going to be fun Ben we're talking about music documentaries and our special guest is Brett Morgan the guy that directed the new David Bowie Odyssey, Moon Age Daydream, which is a phenomenal, Mm, phenomenal film. It is something else, I can tell you what. So that's going to be a good one, but let's sign off with a song from a movie called The Truth About Charlie. This is the Marky Mark version of Charade, which is a... An awful movie, I if you ask me. <laughs> oh, I didn't mind it. The best thing about that DVD is it's it came with a the bonus ending, copy though. of Charade. <laughs> yeah, well that's right.
3: Yeah. Good old public domain charade. But the uh, the song is called
2: Jim the Gin by D Faz, and it's a really good song. It's better than the movie ever was. So here we go. Enjoy everyone. We'll see you next week. Yeah.
0: Taylor's lazy son, I don't mind Rub the lamp and the show goes on I can make you travel in time and space I can change your sex, I can change your race You might be Genghis Khan and burning rage Or a go-go girl dancing in a silver cage Still you're my master and I'm your slave One day I'll be free to raise. the and- son i don't mind rub the lamp and the show goes on i can make you travel in time and space i can change your sex i can change your race